Dayo David Towaway, Northwest London. Sunday, the 29th of March, Dalad Nisan Tov Shinpei. Rabbi Moshe Levi, the essence of matzah. This week's Towaway has been sponsored by the family Lazer Grosnas, the Louis Nishmas' father, Rabbi Goyen of Yehudalei Ben Rav Mordechai Halevi Zechasadik Levrocha, the late Dain Grosnas, Av based in London, whose yacht site was yesterday Gimel Nisan, and Chavit Simchas Hanisuin Shateri Grosnas and Eli Friedlander, whose chasna was last week, Chav Zain Ada Tov Shinpei, First and foremost, I'd like to thank Abdudi, everybody involved over here in Torahway. i got to tell you, um, I had a nightmare last night, because Baruch Hashem, there's the phone into Kol HaLashon, and there's the recorder, and there's a video, and there's a video camera, and there's Mamish, four different things, and they sent it special last night in an Uber, just so that the Elam can appreciate and be able to learn Torah. So a big shkerech and chazak ubaruch, thank you very much for giving me this unique opportunity. I hope I've done everything right. I'm almost, uh, <laughs> I had a nightmare last night that I, I forgot, I didn't do it right, I didn't do it on time, so Mirza Hashem, all is well. We're in very challenging times, and the question is, what is our reaction supposed to be? Somebody said to me, why is Hashem doing this? I said, why is Hashem doing this? Nobody knows why Hashem, nobody knows why Hashem does anything. In times of the Gemara, why was there a Churban? They had Ruach HaKodesh and Hashem comes and says, Torati. But for us to understand why there's an Inquisition of pogroms or a Holocaust or a Magefa, that's not, that's not for us to try and understand because we, we can't understand. Nobody can give you a reason why. Unless they're Mamash and Navi. But we can discuss what is our reaction. What is our reaction supposed to be? So, First and foremost, we just had a couple of days ago Rosh Chodesh. In the Haggadah it says, Yachom Rosh Chodesh. I would have thought from Rosh Chodesh. Why would I have thought from Rosh Chodesh? It happens to be I saw a beautiful mashal yesterday. One of the Haggadahs. They said, there was Moshe, the town shikr, the town drunkard. And everybody mocked him, everyone teased him, the children threw stuff at him. And every day he said, now is going to be the time, I'm going to get better, I'm going to be... And again, he would walk out of his house and he would get teased and he would get mocked and get made fun of. And it was so depressing and dejecting. He just went back to his natural habitat, to the pub and to drink. And this happened day in, day out. He made a few meager pennies and then he went to the tavern to drink. One day he gets a knock on his little shack, on his little hut. He opens the door, he stumbles out and he sees it's the rough. And the Rav says, Maishala, we need you. All our lives of the Jewish people of this town depend on it. He says, uh, Rabbi, uh, I think you made a mistake. Me? I'm just a regular guy. I'm a simple guy. <laughs> I, I'm a shikar. What, what do you mean I can save the town? He says, you don't understand. The wealthiest man in this town who owns a lot of the property, him and his hoodlums, they're going to do a program they're going to go and they're going to kill every single man, woman, and child. And we used our connections to try and stop him and he's hearing none of it. And then he mentioned something in passing. He said, if you can find someone that can outdrink me, then I won't do the program. Then I won't wipe out all the Jews of this town. Mashallah. Shabbos, but to outdrink him... You're the only one who stands a chance. 
Moshele says, Rebbe, if you want, I can try, but I can't guarantee. He says, Moshele, you're going to come move into my house, and every single day we're going to build up your immunity even more than it is. I have some good whiskey, some good stuff, powerful. Every day we're going to make sure you drink a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. Moshele is uh, excited by the thought and says, okay, if I can help the people, this simcha. But I, I just, I'm nervous. The fate of the town lies on me. Moshele moves into the Rebbe's house and every day drinks more and more and more and that fateful day comes. And although they wanted to keep it hush-hush so the people of the town wouldn't get nervous, they all start to daven. They find out about it. They daven. They're learning and Moshele is their hero and Moshele is walking through the town and they're clapping and cheering for him. Moshele has never had this before. He's starting to really feel good about himself. It was that day and everybody in town packs into this tavern as much as they can. And this pirate, he takes out the whiskey, shot for shot, shot for shot, two bottles, three bottles, four bottles. The pirate starts uh, getting a bit dizzy. Michael is drinking more. And another one, another one. No one's ever seen anybody go through this much alcohol. And after six and a half bottles, the pirate, the guy, the one who wants to do the pogrom, picks up his cup and he just falls on the floor. They all look at Maishala, he picks up his drink and he puts it back and he stands up stumbling saying, I can't believe I did it. Unbelievable. The whole, the Rebbe, the town, all the Jews, they're so excited, they love him, they're clapping for him. He becomes a town hero. But he no longer stays a shikr because once he has that confidence, look at what people say about me. Look at what people are thinking of me. And Everybody loves him. Everybody's willing to give him a job. He's the one that saved all their lives. And he becomes a respectable businessman. Almost a year later, they want to celebrate this amazing, amazing miracle that Hashem did for them. And they're not sure, when should we make the anniversary? When should we make the Independence Day? When should we make the Yom Tov? The celebration, should it be on the day that Moshe outdrank the pirates? Or should it be when Moshe got knocked, approached by the rabbi, knocked on his door, and started preparing. Many people said, that was when it really started. Other people said, no, on the day. And they decided on the day, but many people felt, maybe it should have started from Rosh Chodesh. Maybe two weeks before, when the people really started getting ready. When Hashem comes to Moshe Rabbeinu and says, Rosh Chodesh is the time, is the day that you need to start to get ready. Now, if you open up the Chumash, the first Rashi in the whole Torah, Rashi says, really, the Torah should have started from Rosh Chodesh. But, but what can you do? We have, the Pasuk says, on that day. But Rashi is saying, why, why would the Torah have started from Rosh Chodesh? In the Haggadah we say, on that day, but why would I have put Rosh Chodesh? What's so special about Rosh Chodesh? Rashi says in the first Rashi, the whole Torah says, "I would have thought the Torah should have started from Rosh Chodesh." Amar Yitzchak says, "Rabbi Yitzchak, the Torah shouldn't have started from anything else. It's not a storybook. It's a guidebook. Hora'ah, it's guidance." But there had to be koch ma'asav again. The Amola tell nachad goyim. If the goyim come and say Israel is ours, we can say no, 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 no. Hashem created the world. He chose to give it to the other nations and then He chose to take it from them and give it to us. 
My Rebbe Brinkwood said to us, maybe we can say another idea of what Rashi meant, that this should have been the first thing in the whole Torah. What makes Rosh Chodesh so special, so unique? Chodesh Hazel Lachem. Who decides when it's going to be Rosh Chodesh? Two regular guys come into court, they come to Bezdin and they say, we saw the moon, Bezdin asked and the question deliberates, it's now Rosh Chodesh, 15 days from today, Pesach, if somebody eats chametz on Pesach, karet. If somebody, when they decide it's now Rosh Hashanah, 10 days from now, Yom Kippur, somebody eats on Yom Kippur, karet, they get killed. Who decides? We do. You know why it should have been the first thing in the whole Torah? Because we have to understand the power that we have. What we decide down here, Hashem must listen to in Shammai. I remember hearing once a story about the Bach and the Taz. The Bach was the father-in-law of the Taz. And one time he tells his father-in-law, I'm taking you to Bezdin. They go to court, and Bezdin says, what's the problem? The Taz says, when I got married, my father-in-law promised me support. What was the support going to be? Bowl of soup with meat inside? The box says, I am. I'm giving you every single day a bowl of soup with meat inside. He says, yeah, 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 but you promised me the good stuff, high quality meat, and you're giving me this liver, this cheap stuff. Bezdin deliberates, and they find in favor of the Bach of the father-in-law. So when they walk out of Bezdin, the students of the Taz look at him and say, Rebbe, it's never a good idea to take your in-laws to court. Highly unrecommended. But something so trivial and minuscule and this type of meat, that type of meat. Really, there's Hashem. But what's going on over here? Do you really? The Taz says, Baruch Hashem, I was hoping to lose. I knew I would lose. I was counting on losing. You see, when I have the high quality meat, I have more energy, I learn better. When I have the cheap stuff, I just don't have the same energy. I was worried that my father-in-law, the Bach, after 120, would get upstairs. And they would say, it's because of you that your son-in-law didn't learn as well. But now that Bezdin down here found in favor of my father-in-law of the Bach, and Shamayim, they have to listen. The first thing in the whole Torah should have been, understand you have the Kayach down here to control what happens in Shamayim. You have the Kayach to stop a Magifa. We have the power. We have to tap into that power. That's Rosh Chodesh. That's Yachom Rosh Chodesh. Before the day that Hashem made all the Nisim that we partnered with Him to help bring by, by doing the things we did, the Brit Milah, the Korban Pesach, understand we have the power. We celebrate understanding how strong we are. When you look at Pesach, you know, we say in the Haggadah, whoever didn't say these three things, we didn't fulfill our obligation. What are these three things? Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. So for us to connect to the Korban Pesach, it's very hard. We don't have Korbanos. We don't have sacrifices. It's very hard for us to, to relate to the Korban. Moror, it's, it's something we do on Seder night. It's bitter. My family, we use lettuce. Not that bad, to be honest. <laughs> eh, it's not as good as the, some other vegetables, but it really basically has no taste. It's not that bitter. Many Ashkenazim use horseradish. Pretty nasty, but okay. A few seconds and then we get past it. But matzah, matzah and chametz is something that, that we can all relate to because we're eating matzah the whole week. And chametz we clean for weeks to make sure we have no chametz. What is the message of the matzah? What's the deeper message of the matzah that, that's practical? Then just, alright, instead of bread, eat some 
know, flat bread sticks almost we would call them. So when we stop and we look at what's going on over here with the coronavirus, one of the main messages I think we need to take to us for ourselves is, I'm finally home. Last night I was giving a shir and I said to them, if somebody would have said to you a month ago, maybe even a week ago, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your marriage? On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your relationship with your children? How would you rate your davening and your, your learning, your relationship with Hashem? On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your relationship with yourself? And I think most people would have said, no, it's pretty good. Seven, seven and a half, eight. Really? Why isn't it a ten? I don't know if you realize how busy I am. I wake up, I try and learn, daven, I go to work, it's, it's, it's busy, they're working me hard, times are tough. It seems like they're only going to get tougher. It's, ah, I don't have a minute. I wish I had more time to spend with my wife. I wish I had more time to take my kids out and spend with the kids. I wish I had more time to daven, to learn, to have more kavana. I wish I had more time to exercise, to just relax. So it could be Hashem said, okay, I'll give you the time. Let's see when you have the time what you do with it. Let's see what you do when you have the time. Do you make sure now to daven just as well, if not better, than when you went to shul? Do you make sure to spend time with the wife, to spend time with the children? Play a game with them? If I could turn the video camera, I would show you. On my table I have Monopoly. Yesterday I played Monopoly with my children. I, I never played Monopoly before lockdown, before being self-isolated. When do I have three, four hours? Yesterday my kids looked at me and they said, you know, Shabbat ended an hour ago. I said, I know. What's the rush? We're enjoying. Are we maximizing our time? How do we prioritize our time? The only difference between chametz and matzah, the only difference is time. Time. How do we utilize our time? Rabbi Berkowitz said to us, what's the idea behind matzah? On one hand we say, This is the poor man's bread. This is bread of slavery. It's poor man's bread. And on the other hand, what do we say? We say, There was no time for the dough to rise. We were rushing out of Mitzrayim. We were in a rush. We were running to freedom. So which one is it? Is matzah the bread of freedom or is matzah the bread of slavery? And he said to us, we as Jews, we are matzah. What does that mean, we are matzah? He said, think about it. Why do poor people eat matzah? Why do they eat matzah? The only difference is time. The one thing poor people have is time. I remember hearing the story of this billionaire. He's flying around from country to country, buying this, selling that, and... It has a very busy week, but it's his 25th wedding anniversary. So he takes his private jet, he flies home in his mansion on the property. Excuse me, they have a landing plan for his private jet. That's how, that's how wealthy he was. And he lands his private jet. He comes in, his wife, 25th anniversary, made his favorite dinner. And he comes in, he opens up a box, massive box. And on that box... Inside that box, diamonds, diamonds, and finally in the middle is this massive diamond. This is a 10, maybe even 20 million 
dollar necklace. It's a sweet deal. Thank you so much for these amazing 25 years. He gives her the necklace. Stunning. She says, please sit down. Let's have dinner together. You've been so busy. He says, I'm so sorry. Next week I'll have more time. I still have a few big mergers. And, and, and the economy right now, I need to take advantage. And, and the, my pilot's waiting for me. Next week, sweetie, I promise you. She takes off the necklace. She puts it back in the box. She gives it back to him. She says, I don't want your present. I want your presence. I want to spend time with you. You're so busy. I, I want to see you. And on the other hand, you have a poor person. And he barely, barely has any money. Puts together a few, a few shekels, a few dollars, a few pounds. And he buys a happy anniversary card. But there's nothing he can, he can afford to buy his wife. So in the card he says, I am hereby giving you 24 hours undivided time and attention from me. And he gives it to her. She opens up the card. She says, I don't want your presents. I want your present. <laughs> Give me something. Years, you never gave me anything. Poor people, the one thing they have is time. Even if they're working a few jobs, <clears throat> they have the time. Why is it that the people in the tribe, the poor people, they ate matzah? Wait another half hour, hour. How long does it take for dough to rise? My Rebbe said to us, it's because they're depressed. They're dejected and distraught. They just can't be bothered. They don't care. I eat this, I eat that. Life's terrible. And then you have another type of person who doesn't eat. Poor man's bread, the matzah, they're in a rush. They're in a rush. I remember one time I came home, said to my wife, I have another shear, I gotta go. She said, dinner's not ready yet. I said, it looks like it's pretty ready. Uh, Yalla, just give it to me, I'll eat it in the car. She it's not well done, it's, it's only 80% done. I said, I'm in a rush, just give it to me. I have this, and then I have to run to this party, and this engagement, and this, that. She says, are you milky or meaty? And I thought to myself, and I thought to myself, and I thought to myself, and then I realized, you know what, I don't, I'm neither, I, I was so busy, I didn't even eat lunch today. Sometimes you're so busy running from place to place, you don't even have time to eat, you don't have time for the bread to get well done, and rise properly, because you're in such a rush, because you're accomplishing so much. My Rebbe said to us, you are matzah. Every single Jew, every single Yid is matzah. question is, what type of Jew are you? Are you a Jew who is so overwhelmed and so dejected and distraught and being a Jew is so hard and it's expensive? There's a reason they call it lechem ayni, poor man's bread, after you buy a few kilos and you got no money left. It's expensive. This year, personally, for the first time, I'm making Pesach. I don't have any family here in London. Every year we go with family. So, my oven's not self-clean. It's not a great oven. Bought a toaster oven, and then one for matzah pizza, a small one for milchitz, for the dairy, and dishes, and pots, and pans, and silverware, and all the food, and the grape juice, and the wine, and the matzah. It could be overwhelming. It could be expensive. We can have that attitude that, this year, by myself, I don't know how to run a Seder. Never done it before. It's overwhelming. Or we can say, we're lucky that we run around from shear to shear, from mitzvah to mitzvah, from helping this one and messaging that one. And even if we can't be there, message somebody, does your father need someone to be with him in the hospital? He says, he's not allowed to have anybody in the hospital. We can message. We can call. I told him I did these few classes in your merit and your zechut. And today's shear should be in the merit of all those that are sick. Especially Daniel ben Emily, Yosef ben Emily. All the sick people. 
We can still reach out. We can do chesed. We can run from mitzvah to mitzvah and make ourselves a schedule. Are we maximizing our time? I'll read you a message I got last night after I shared this message with some people. I got a message. And the person wrote to me. He says, time. For over a week now, almost all of us would have been self-isolating. I don't know about you, but for me it's actually flown by. It's almost like a summer vacation. <laughs> you end up wondering where the days go. Just with a completely different vibe, of course. What I couldn't help wondering is, what am or have I achieved over the last week? I've watched dozens of WhatsApp clips from all different people. And maybe it's strengthened my emunah and bitachan. And belief in the coming of Mashiach. But other than that, what have I actually accomplished? Is my davening or benching any longer? Did I learn significantly more? Do I find more ways of helping others? Have I finished or even started a project that I just never had time for? Say that the answer for most of us is not enough. Which begs the question, why? How many times have I thought to myself, if only I had more hours during the day, I could achieve X. If only Hashem gave me more financial flexibility, I would learn more or have more time to accomplish things. This last week has been a reality check. We have been at home, for most of us, work has been quieter than ever before. We couldn't say I was running around trying to make a living. Our days weren't back-to-back appointments or meetings, running around without a second. So why do we find the days zoom, zoom by without somehow seeking those extra hours? I think the answer lies behind an old saying. If you want something done, find a busy person, speak to them. See, we're all wired to want to achieve. But we want them now. We're not realistic in our approach. We don't really put together the time or the effort it really takes. When you see a person who's the head of a busy company, has a hand in multiple organizations, is an Askan, is there for other people because he's worked on himself to get to that point. When you see a Rav who's busy learning, preparing Shurim, giving Shurim, answering questions day and night, probably living on half the amount of sleep that they need, remember it didn't happen overnight, slowly. They take on more commitments and have to constantly push themselves harder to get to a level where it's achievable for them. And that becomes their normal. Every internal battle and struggle builds a character to a point where the bar for his normal has been raised. I would suggest the same applies to ourselves. If we think that overnight we will accomplish X with more time, it just simply doesn't happen. Our day-to-day routine just seems to take us a bit longer. When we push for time, when we stretch and push ourselves, that's when we can accomplish more in a shorter space of time. For me, I've learned to be more realistic. Start with a small commitment, but stick to it. Once I have that, I can build myself to take on more. I thought that was beautiful. Very powerful. That is matzah. Are we dejected and depressed that Judaisms can be very challenging and expensive and overwhelming? And Shabbat and kosher, prioritizing with the kids, learning with them, learning for myself. Look at some people, friends, cousins, maybe even, that don't do what we do. And we say, wow, it would be much easier if I had more time, I'd be able to. We have the time. What are we doing with it? Matzah, Hashem says, use your time wisely. Are you in a rush? Or are you depressed? Every one of us is matzah. But the more we accomplish, we're wired to accomplish. The more we accomplish, the better we feel. 
can be a mashallah, a shikr, and just drink, because for what? But then when we finally feel useful, blossom. Yochumar Rashchaydesh, we're going to look back, and the Mirza Hashem, when Mashiach comes, we're going to say, when should I celebrate from? From that time during the self-isolation that I started learning this extra Seder, that I started making sure that, you know what? I'm home, I'm going to take each kid and just have a little date with them. <laughs> spend time with them, one-on-one. And then spend time with everybody together. And go in the backyard and play football with the kids. And go and sit down and draw with the kids. My expertise is stick, man. But it's something the kids, they don't care, they'll appreciate. They just want to spend time. Make sure to close the door and spend time with the wife. Just talk. Talk about different things that maybe you never had time to speak about. Give your spouse the time. Time's the most precious thing we have. Anybody on a ventilator, on a respirator, is thinking about what they should have done to maximize their time and how they're going to do things different. That is matzah. And that's, I think, one of the main focuses of Pesach. We're now in self-isolation. I saw Rav Malevsky brings down the Maharal, says, Avadimayinu, we were slaves. Why, why does Hashem have to make us slaves? To be able to taste freedom, you need to know what it means to be a slave. To be able to taste happiness and appreciate happiness, you need to have had a little bit of sadness and challenges. Could be Hashem saying, I want to get you ready. Before the Zegu'ullah, Hashem wants everybody to be held accountable. Remember seeing the Chafetz Chaim brings down, he says in the early 1900s, all the monarchies, kings and emperors and czars, almost every country is a democracy now. He says, why is that? He says, it's a sign of the Gula. Why? He says, when, ha- when Moshe, Hashem sends Moshe Abinu to speak to Paro, let the people go, and Paro says, that's it, from now on you need to get your own straw. Why is that? Because Hashem wanted every Egyptian to be held accountable. You see, if Hashem would have brought to Gula and the first redemption right away when Moshe Rabbeinu showed up, the average Egyptian would have said, it's not my fault. I couldn't have helped the Jews. Speak to Paro. I'm a regular guy. I was just following orders. Similar to the, the average Nazi in Achshamam said, I was just following orders. The average Egyptian would have said, I would have loved to help, but what can I do? I wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to help the slaves. So Paro said, nobody's allowed to... Excuse me, Paro said, we're not giving you straw. Jews, you got to find it on your own. And the average Jew knocks on the Egyptian and says, I know you got a whole backyard over there, can I get some straw? Sorry, I can't help you. Maybe you know where there's some straw? I wish I could help you, but I can't. Every single Egyptian was able to show, did they help the Jews or not? Could be Hashem wants to bring Mashiach. And if Mashiach was to come a month ago, we would have said, Hashem, of course I would have learned. If I had the time, of course I would have made sure to have some time to just connect to you, Hashem. I would have made sure to focus on my family, but I was running around from meeting to meeting and I had to fly here and go there. So Hashem says, there's no flights and there's no meetings. Before the Zagu'ullah, Hashem gives us the opportunity so that everybody can be held accountable. Now that you have the time, what are you doing with it? Are we going to look back and say, Yachom Rosh Chaydesh? I would have thought I should celebrate from when I made that new takana, that new seder, that new time to learn. Chaydesh Azel Achem, we have to understand 
What makes Rosh Chodesh so special, so special is Hashem saying, I'm giving you the power down here to affect what I do in Shemayim. Let's make sure we take advantage of this unique opportunity. We could look at it and it could be flight. I can't. It's so challenging. I eat because I have to, but I'm so worried what's going to be with my parnas and what's going to be with my business and what's going to be. Everybody's in the same boat. Or you could look at it and say, this is an amazing opportunity to take advantage, to maximize my time. We are matzah. Let's be the bread of freedom. Let's be the matzah who's running around doing Torah mitzvahs, messaging people we haven't messaged in a long time. Making achdos and shalom that person that maybe we were upset at, that family member that maybe we had a beroyges and it just... It's been years. Reach out. How's it going? We're thinking about you. Hope everything's okay. Heard your father wasn't feeling so well. Heard your auntie wasn't feeling so well. What's their Hebrew name? So I can down for them, learn for them. Let's take advantage and show Hashem that when we had the time, He maximized it. And Mirza Hashem will look back and will say, all of us together, by making that extra seder, that extra time to daven, to learn, together, Lachem, we helped partner together, forced Hashem's hand, if you will. Hashem wants, He's waiting for us. Let's work together, maximize our time. And Amritza Hashem, this Pesach will be celebrating together in Eretz Yisrael, eating the matzah, the bread of freedom. Thank you very much.